0: there. This is Benny
1: and this is Kyle.
0: And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher.
1: The only podcast where I watch Doctor Who and I tell you about it.
0: Hey Kyle, um how's it going? Pretty
1: good. How are you today, Benny?
0: Uh well, you we were just saying before the recording. Um it's stupid hot in California right now. We're recording this Labor Day weekend and it's over 100 deg- degrees for both of us. So Indeed. We're,
1: if you listeners hear like a sort of a background room tone at some point during this recording that is probably my laptop fan kicking on
0: (laughs) oh boy um yeah But I I did want to start today's recording by saying I am genuinely looking forward to this episode. I mean, Kyle, Kyle, you know I always look forward to recording with you, (laughs) but for for like the contents of this episode as well, um, this has been such a good, maybe good is the wrong word, this has been such a serial so far, such a... (laughs) It has a, I have a hard time kind of explaining what I'm trying to say. When I picture classic Doctor Who, and I haven't seen that much Doctor Who, um, but in my mind, it's always like this weird, cheesy, low budget, strange, goofy kind of show. And so far, man, this cereal has been like in that sweet spot. For yeah,
1: me. yeah, that was exactly what the cereal is delivering. <laughs>
0: Uh so I do remember what happened. Oh, before ad- we get too far in. Ah okay.
1: Uh I did want to mention that uh we talked a few episodes ago about buying an ad spot on another podcast and this is actually the first episode that we've recorded since that was read So uh our new listeners that we may have picked up from that uh, I wanted to say hi to again. Uh, these are the new listeners who have listened to it and then stuck with it for a few episodes because this isn't coming out until like September 26.
0: Yeah, we we already greeted them. We already had said hi to them. <laughs> how, many, how many times? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh-huh. well,
1: I did want to give uh, a special thanks to uh, El Jefe Tacoma and ZK52, I hope I said that correctly, for giving us some five-star iTunes reviews. So thanks to both of you for, for those. And yes. I also wanted to, to thank Chris S for the nice email that he sent us.
0: Yeah. Um, I honestly, I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up because I'm honestly feeling just kind of so overwhelmed by the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess it says a lot about our podcast that we can get like two reviews in an email and I'm just over there, like, you know, blushing and, and, and dying. Um, um cause well, we
1: haven't, we haven't released any new episodes since we, had, you know, since that ad spot was read. So we'll see, like, if any of our new listeners actually stick with it.
0: Well, it sounds like Saturday. we had a couple of folks <laughs> who started in the beginning, and then we're, we're kind of binging the whole thing. Which is, uh, I mean, I don't know if I could stand listening to myself <laughs> for <laughs> many hours a day, but uh, yeah. Uh, luckily for them, it's mostly you. I just I'm just here to say, you know how much I enjoy the cheesy costumes. That's, that's my <laughs> job on this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, today's episode is... Season 1, episode 23, Mm -hmm. The Screaming Jungle.
0: (laughs) You just gave it away, Kyle. I was going to say that I remembered the cliff dangler from last time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that's pretty much it. That's the entirety of the cliff dangler, that um, Susan is in a jungle and it's screaming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I think that was basically the entire cliff dangler. (laughs) And we actually don't quite start off with exactly that cliff dangler in this episode
0: are you saying that we don't resolve the cliff dangler in the first like minute of the next episode
1: oh it's it's resolved (laughs) but (laughs) it's actually we start this episode with susan in the jungle and susan is screaming still but the jungle itself has stopped. The jungle is (laughs) is silent now. It's just Susan who
0: screams. (laughs) The jungle's like, dude, don't make it weird. This is kind of my thing.
1: Ian and Barbara and Altos and Sabitha all arrive pretty quickly and, you know, Susan is still screaming when they arrive and so they try to calm her down and, you know, also try to figure out like what she's screaming about and whatnot, mm-hmm. she is not really able to articulate what she heard. Just that it was horrible.
0: It it did sound pretty horrible. You, you did add a sound clip from it to our previous <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Can confirm it was horrible.
1: It was horrible. It's clear here though, and this is a little bit a little bit sad. I thought, but it's clear that Susan. Expects not to be believed. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, like, just in the way she's acting and she tells Barbara, like, towards the end of the scene, she says, I did hear it, you know. And, like, nobody had even, like, explicitly questioned it yet at that point. She's just assuming that they don't believe her, and, you know, I'm sure she's right. Seems like a pretty safe assumption.
0: At least the doctor's not there because William Hartnell is on vacation. That's um. True. But, yeah, if he were there, then we can pretty much guarantee that <laughs> at least he wouldn't believe her.
1: uh uh-huh. So they start looking around and investigating the area. They're in, you know, kind of a, I guess, a clearing next to a jungle, or maybe in a jungle, it's not entirely sure. But they discover an archway that leads into some area, but this archway is all clogged up with vines and overgrowth, so they cool. can't really pass through it.
0: Cool. I'm into it. I'm into the idea of archways that are clogged with vines and overgrowth. It's <laughs> that's, that's like peak d d for me right there.
1: Yeah, totally. So speaking of peak d d they decide this would be a great point to go ahead and split the party. <laughs> that's like their go-to. <laughs> early in the episode. Yep. So Ian, Altos, and Sabitha decide that they are all going to circle around the walls that this archway is leading into and see if they can find another entrance. And Barbara says that she and Susan will stay behind and like look for branches or whatever in case they do end up having to force their way through the archway. Hmm. Ian tells them not to do anything until he gets back.
0: Sit there. Do nothing.
1: After he and Altos and Sabitha all leave on their expedition, Barbara's like, I do wish Ian wouldn't treat us like Dresden, China. Which I thought was kind of a nice lampshade of our bad 60s feminist moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at least they don't just accept it like, well, I guess that's normal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Barbara... In talking to Susan, does actually get Susan to tell her about what happened and about the noise that she heard when she arrived. Mm-hmm. And Susan says... Well, it was a sound. A noise like, like tapping and, and, and whirring, all mixed up with a sort of screeching. But she I, can't remember where she heard it.
0: I have noticed that of all the, um, of all the, the crew... Barbara seems to be the one that takes Susan the most seriously and I, I really appreciate that
1: yeah I appreciate that too it's nice I to have at least wonder, one character yeah I do wonder a little bit whether because it's 60s people writing this I wonder if that's because Barbara's the woman
0: I kind of feel like it's <laughs> it's gotta be <laughs> but, um that part of it I don't love but, uh-huh, but I am it, glad yeah, to have at least ignoring character. that part yeah
1: yeah, just purely on a character level. I do. Yeah. I am glad for Susan that somebody takes her seriously. So, yeah, Susan describes this noise. She says that she's heard it before, but she can't remember where she heard it. Just that she recognizes it as being something evil.
0: The sound guy is like, thank you. <laughs> I did my best.
1: Barbara starts kind of investigating the area in spite, you know, Ian's instructions to not do anything. And Susan is just kind of lounging on the ground and then this vine grows over Susan's legs. Whoa. And she starts screaming and and flailing and freaking out some more.
0: Is it the and classic where like they drape the vine over the actress's legs and then pull it off and then play the film in reverse?
1: Oh, you know, that probably is how they did it. That hadn't even to me.
0: (laughs) I'd be surprised if it wasn't. That's one of my favorite, like, cheesy, low-budget special effects.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So Barbara rushes over, and she pulls it off Susan's legs. It's, you know, very clear that Susan easily could have gotten up herself if the (laughs) script had said she could get up herself. But... You know, Barbara pulls the vine off her legs and beats it with a rock a few times. That's right. But but Barbara doesn't believe Susan that it was alive, as Susan (laughs) puts it, and that it was actively trying to twine around her. Barbara thinks it must have just, like, fallen out of the tree or something.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, I guess having respect for a character who actually takes Susan seriously only goes so far.
0: I I mean, I, there, there's always that part of me that wants to kind of cut the characters some slack. And it's like, Barbara's from Earth, you know. Yeah, She's that's true. She's used to normal Earth things. And part of me does kind of wonder if the characters aren't really used to the concept of being on alien worlds where just about anything can happen. Yeah, that's because a good point seems like there's been a couple times in the past too where Ian and/ or Barbara will be like you know oh that's impossible that's like you don't know that like you you really have no frame of reference for what it is and isn't possible in the in the universe
1: so Barbara and Susan start clearing away the undergrowth in the archway and it turns out it's not nearly as dense as they thought it was and Barbara is pretty easily able to make a clear passage and she starts heading in
0: the GM is like I just put that there for like color it's just meant to look cool you can just go (laughs) right through you You guys weren't supposed to ignore it
1: (laughs) no one actually tried entering the archway
0: I didn't think you guys actually listened to my descriptions of things
1: (laughs) Susan starts getting worried and doesn't want Barbara to go too far. but Barbara's like chill, like, it's cool. Don't worry. you know, I can still like turn around and see you. It's all good. Mm. She gets through like this you know little entry passageway or whatever, into a little room area at the back of which she sees
0: the big grotesque statue. Those are her words? Yeah. I could tell you were doing the voice, but then, you know, <laughs> play the episode, you probably replace that with the voice line. Or not. We'll see. I'm sorry. <laughs> do we do we get to see it as an audience?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, and it is basically what you might expect if you imagine some subconsciously casually racist white British 60s people making a quote grotesque statue Mm. (laughs) it's you know sort of in the like tiki style i guess but it's you know this big like 10 foot deity god type thing
0: Mm. yep i i suspect your description is not far off the mark
1: uh, you know, if you if you ignore, like, the casual, like, Disneyland-style racism, then it was a pretty cool statue.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: At this point, Ian and Sabitha and Altos arrive back. They've circled around the area and have not found any other entrance. GM is like, nope, the archway was the way in. <laughs> and... Ian is like,
0: Barbara, what are you doing? I told you to wait until we got back.
1: And Barbara's like, hey, I totally found the key in here.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, what were you even doing? <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Ian says that he's coming, and Barbara's like, no, 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 it's cool. Like, I've got it. I found the key.
0: Barbara's like, you were literally not even on the map. Like, <laughs> look, the GM prepared a little, little map, and then you left it. Like, you're you're miniature was on the side of the (laughs) table (laughs) what did you think you were accomplishing
1: Uh, so she climbs up onto this big statue reaching up to its forehead where she saw the key but as she pulls the key out its arms the statue arms close around her legs Whoa! and the statue wall turns around turns out it's another trick wall (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess in like a Indiana Jones, Legends of the Hidden Temple kind of way, that's pretty cool. But at the yeah. same time, as you mentioned earlier, these things do have a sort of Disneyland casual racism built into them. So there's there's layers here that uh, are <laughs> a little hard to unpack sometimes.
1: Uh uh-huh. Now, the one thing that I didn't mention earlier when I described the statue was the statue arms. They're, you know, the whole statue is larger than life, it's like 8 to 10 feet tall or whatever, and I think it's like sitting down, Barbara had kind of like climbed up onto its lap. But the statue arms, like they end, like the, kind of the carved part of the statue ends like shortly past the elbow basically and they're just holes and then sticking out of the holes are regular human arms they're like painted the same color as the statue
0: is it just some dude sticking his arms through the statue prop awesome that is exactly what it is (laughs) i love it
1: (laughs) so yeah barbara is gone now she's behind the statue wall
0: Kyle, this is, this is my jam <laughs> that, that's this sort of like cheap special effect I don't know if you can even call it a special effect
1: Altos goes and he picks up the key, Barbara had dropped it like when she got when she was crabbed so Altos goes and collects the key, everybody else regroups outside the cave and they talk about what they should do now Sabitha realizes that if Barbara is in danger, she still got her travel dial and she could use that to escape.
0: That's true. I, it's one of those things where like in, in D&D, if your character sheet gets too long, you forget all the useful items that you have. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, dang, like I could have just used my whatever to get out of that situation.
1: They know that it's possible that Barbara has not used her travel dial yet. They also realize that it's possible that she's been injured or captured or is somehow otherwise unable to use it. But it's also possible that she has used it and has gone on to the next place and could potentially be in some unknown danger there. Hmm. So they figure they need to cover all the bases. So they decide that Altos, Sabitha, and Susan will use their travel dials to go on to the next place, and Ian will stay here for a bit and look for Barbara, and then head on to the next place, either as soon as he finds her, or basically when he's convinced that she's not
0: here. So as far as we know, so that the statue like turned around it would seem to me like the most logical conclusion is that she's just back there somewhere. Um, And yeah. So if I were to split the party, I would at least leave more people behind to look for her. Um, Just in case, just in case she did get like somehow um, disabled, like they, they knocked her out or something.
1: Right. Like I would assume there's someone or something on the other side of the statue wall. Yeah, going to like do something to her.
0: Yeah, mm. guess we'll see.
1: <laughs> so Altos and Susan both pop off, use their travel dials to pop off like pretty much immediately. Sabitha sticks around for a minute to like affix the key onto her necklace with the other key, and as she does that, she realizes that it's a fake. Oh. She says,
0: it's just an imitation. Look, Ian, this edge is a fraction shorter.
1: Ian wonders, like, maybe that's by design. fine. Like, maybe, yeah. But she insists. No,
0: they all look absolutely identical. So this one must be an imitation. Hmm.
1: So they decide that Sabitha better go on ahead and let Altos and Susan know what's up. Since they've already left and were like expecting Sabitha to join them. And Ian's just gonna have to stick here and join them once he's found both Barbara and the key.
0: <laughs> I feel like they're they're really leaving it all up to Ian at this point.
1: <laughs> so Sabitha, you know, dials her travel dial and pops off, and Ian goes and climbs onto the statue which closes its arms around him and turns around. Hi, Kyle here. Thanks for listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you would leave a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. But aside from that, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to drop us a line by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter, at Dr. Watcher. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. And the statue takes Ian into a whole little adventure dungeon. where He's like he there, sees... see?
0: If you guys can come <laughs> with me, you, you too could be enjoying this awesome adventure dungeon. But guess I'm just going to have to do it all by myself.
1: <laughs> first thing he notices is this big suit of armor standing next to the path, and the suit of armor is holding a large axe. William Russell, who plays Ian, rolls an investigation check, but he rolls a one. (laughs) So Ian just kind of like looks at it for a moment and then immediately turns away and steps on a loose piece of pavement, which of course activates the trap And Ian completely fails to notice the suit of armor raising its axe behind him. And Barbara appears, like, just in time from around a corner. And she shouts at him. And he moves out of the way, like, just in time to avoid getting chopped in half. So, yeah, I guess he had, like, a a great dexterity save.
0: This, uh, this serial remains... Whatever it is. <laughs> I, I again I hesitate to say good, but I, I am loving it. Uh-huh. Adventure Dungeon is a the perfect description of this, by the way, Kyle.
1: <laughs> Barbara tells Ian that she was going to use her travel dial if he didn't show up in like the next half hour. And he basically tells her that he's glad she didn't. Because, of course, turns out the key was a fake, and they still need to find the real one. Barbara says that that's not going to be easy, because...
0: This whole place is one big booby trap. It's full of things like that statue. I'd only been here a minute when part of the wall crashed down just where I've been standing.
1: Ian's like, yes, this is awesome! (laughs) Ian's like, no worries, we'll just do lots of checking for traps. Hey GM, how about that doorway? Can I investigate that doorway? And turns out the doorway is covered in vines and vegetation, just like everything else in the room. So Ian goes off to look for something to smash the doorway down with, but while he's gone, the camera shows us this old man who's inside this, you know, inside the building, and he goes and he opens this door from within. Barbara shouts for Ian, because, you know, the door's open now. Ian says he'll be right there, and then Barbara heads into the doorway, and...
0: So does Barbara see this uh, little old man?
1: No, I think I think the old man had, like, opened it with a lever or something, if I recall.
0: Oh, uh, so she just sees the door open?
1: Right, she just sees the door open.
0: Interesting.
1: So she goes through this newly opened doorway and then fails her own dex save (laughs) and is immediately caught by a net dropping from the ceiling. Classic. And uh, she looks up where the net came from and she sees that there are also a whole bunch of spikes in the ceiling and is slowly being lowered down toward her.
0: Also classic.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty great trap.
0: I've always kind of wondered how hard it is to actually get out from a net. Like you see them all the time in cartoons and stuff, mm-hmm. getting, you know, having nets thrown on them or net guns or whatever. And it's just like, how hard is it? Like, maybe it's yeah. hard. I've never tried. I guess
1: it would kind of tingly up for a bit, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Seems just like, if you just get good leverage on it, maybe you can lift it off. But I, I also think that, you know, the edges are probably weighted and then, That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm I'm sure. I should say I can pretty much guarantee that I personally, Benny, the person, you know, the human being talking, would have no chance of getting out from under (laughs) Uh, a character in a game or series, like say Doctor Who.
1: Ian, meanwhile, has found a pickaxe. That seems like it would be a pretty great weapon, but when he picks it up, it turns out it's attached to a chain, and this sets off another trap, <laughs> which causes an iron grating to shut, like trapping Ian, in you know behind the behind the iron gate, basically.
0: Also classic.
1: So he starts using his new pickaxe to try to crowbar the bars open.
0: Wild. I was trying to get an item to get around another obstacle that caused an obstacle. Now I'm trying to use my item to get around a new <laughs> obstacle so I can go to the original obstacle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hashtag
0: 2020 mood, hashtag yeah, politics, hashtag capitalism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Barbara's ceiling spikes are... Coming, you know, lower and lower down pretty slowly until they're just about to touch her. And then all of a sudden they reverse and just go back up. And the old man from earlier comes out, like, into the room that she's still trapped in the net in. And he asks her. Why have you come in search of the keys?
0: He wonders. Keys, I just like, I just like dungeons. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He wonders if she's a Vord, even though he says that she doesn't look like one. You know, she's not wearing the the rubber suit. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm, But I I do wonder what they look like under those suits.
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't actually know. But apparently not like Barbara. She says that Arbitan sent her. Remember, that was a monk dude from the, the Pyramid Island.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. The quest giver. I vaguely I mean, I remember that there was a monk dude, but I think that you said that we only get his name once. But yeah. Yeah, you, you, you did say it was, and I do. The name Arbitan does vaguely sound familiar. Anyway, please continue. So the,
1: the old man doesn't believe her at first, and he wants proof. And she's like, you know, how am I supposed to prove that Arbitan sent us? And then she's like, oh, I know. We've got this travel dial. And the old man's like, yeah, oh yeah, cool, cool. Let me examine it. If it's set to the full and complete and correct travel program, then I'll know that Arbatain sent you. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the only one who could program them to get all the keys.
0: I don't know if I trust this guy.
1: So he takes her travel dial and leaves to go investigate it, leaving her here in the room. She's managed, at this point... To like get the net off of herself.
0: Ah, told and you. Barbara, <laughs> person of action.
1: Ian has also managed at this point to pop one of his restraint, you know, like pop one of his bars out. Cool. You know, freeing himself, and he rushes over to find Barbara, and they both hear the old man shouting for help.
0: Okay. Also, Ian, also a person of action, have decided to make this gender-neutral to make it less 60s feminist (laughs) and a little more, you know, egalitarian. (laughs) Nice.
1: So, uh, Barbarian Ship of Action (laughs) goes to investigate this old man calling for help. And it turns out that the old man is getting strangled by some vines that are coming in through, like, some gaps in in the door. Dang. So Ian grabs a nearby machete and hacks the old man free.
0: <laughs> An extremely convenient machete.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of sitting there. Ian's, like, doing really great at finding the random, random weapons in the environment. Yeah. So the old man tells them...
0: It's coming again! The jungle is coming! When the whispering starts, it's death, I tell you! Death! Well, what, about, what about the screaming?
1: I was kind of wondering that too, like, screaming has become whispering now, apparently.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, kind of strange that we got the screaming in the previous episode, but now that we're in the, the screaming jungle, we're, we've moved on to whispering. <laughs>
1: So, the camera fades to black, which we know indicates a passage of time, you know, rather than just cutting from one scene to another, and then we see the old man in a bed. Barbara thinks that he's dying. He warns them not to stay, and Ian's like, dude, we need the key, where's the key? We can't leave until we have the key. And the old man is like,
0: Has Arbitan sent someone at last? Yes.
1: And Ian's like, yes, that's what we've been telling you this whole time. Uh-huh. Arbitan sent us.
0: Uh-huh.
1: the old man says,
0: The idol, I put a false key on his head.
1: You and sure Barbara's did. And Barbara's like, <laughs> I found it. And the old man's like, well, that's what activated all the traps. Arbitan should have warned you about that shit. And Ian's like, dude, just fucking tell us where the actual real key is.
0: Yeah, quit recapping.
1: So a dude, like, brings him in closer and, you know, wants to, like, whisper in their ear or whatever. They lean in and he says, D. E. Three. Three. Oh, two. And Ian's like, uh, what the fuck does that mean? And the old man just says, Quickly, the darkness, the whispering will start. And then he dies. You sunk
0: my battleship.
1: <laughs> so Barbara and Ian head through a door that he had kind of indicated and on the other side of the door is what seems to be some sort of botany lab
0: cool There's like
1: yeah test tubes and beakers and also <laughs> like a whole shit ton of plants science there's also a safe so ian wonders if the old man's message was a safe combination
0: Yeah, that would be, I think, what I would try next in this uh, adventure dungeon slash escape room, apparently.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So they check the safe out. Turns out the combination lock on the safe only has letters, no numbers. Mm. So Ian speculates that, like, maybe the numbers are how many times to turn the dial. So he turns it to the D, then he turns it to the E... Then he just kind of like randomly turns it three times. Mm-hmm. Then he turns it to the O, and then he like randomly turns it two more times. But like every single time he turned, he turned the knob in the same direction.
0: Oh, and like yeah, of when you said randomly, I was like, but you you know you reverse direction and you go yeah. all the way around that many times. No, he just gives but it if like he's, if he's not randomly. Yeah,
1: like three random like. Clockwise quarter turns basically.
0: Mm, okay. Of course
1: this doesn't unlock it because that's not how combination safes work, Ian. Nope. <laughs> but they give up on the safe before they remember how to properly operate combination locks, and they start searching the rest of the room.
0: Yeah, I will say the only reason I know how to operate a combination lock is because we had to put them in our lockers in high school.
1: Yeah, that's basically the only reason I know it as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe high school lockers used to be safer back in the 60s. Yeah. Or, you know, 50s, which is probably when Ian went to, to school.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. He may have even gone to school in, like, the 40s.
0: Oh, yeah, I always forget how old he is. So
1: they start searching the rest of the room. We get another fade to black indicating passage of time. And then, you know, in the next bit, they're still searching the room, and Barbara wonders,
0: What did he mean, darkness, the whispering will begin? Whispering? I wonder if that's what Susan heard.
1: But Ian's just like, I don't know, I think he was rambling, it didn't mean anything.
0: (laughs) Also, whispering (laughs) is like the exact opposite of screaming. screaming.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Ian is reading the old man's diary of experiments, trying to figure out what he was working on. And it seems that he was working on some sort of growth accelerator, as he called it, to change nature's tempo of creation and destruction. Mm. There's this whole diary bit about how like, you know, nature has a certain tempo of creation and, you know, things live and die and et cetera, et cetera. Barbara's like.
0: Yes, well, that may all be very fascinating. But we are supposed to be looking for the combination to that safe.
1: All right, all right. Mm hmm. So, you know, Ian gets back to looking.
0: We only have an hour in this escape room.
1: Uh huh. It's getting dark out by this point and. They start hearing strange noises. What's that. I wouldn't really describe these noises as either whispering or screaming. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how I would describe them. I'm sure I'll probably drop some audio in here, but
0: yeah. But yeah. I, I enjoy listeners, because <laughs> I, I don't get to know what this sounds like. <laughs> but that's fine.
1: A few moments after it gets dark and they start hearing these noises, vines start all breaking in through all of the walls, and Ian realizes...
0: Barbara, don't you see? That's what he meant, tempo of destruction! I mean, normally it would take fifty a 100 years for the jungle to overrun this place! Now the whole process has been accelerated!
1: And Barbara's like...
0: You mean the jungle is attacking us? Yes! I feel like we've kind of established this already. Like, uh, we've seen this several times now. Um, but okay.
1: So they both just kind of like stand around for a minute, trying to figure out what to do as all the vines are like trashing the room. And it's not long before some vines, of course, start twining around Barbara's legs. So she screams and Ian rushes over to help her and as after he frees her, like as he's freeing her, he happens to notice a broken glass jar on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. that it can like knocked off the table and all vines' destruction or whatever. And this broken jar has a label on it reading NH4NO3 and he's like, oh shit! It's a chemical formula. That's what
0: DE302 is. Wait, isn't he the science professor? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Good job. Well, so, yeah.
1: (laughs) I guess to cut him a little bit of slack, I did look both of these up. And NH4NO3 is, you know, the label that he just saw. Mm -hmm. That is ammonium nitrate. Cool. Which is good for fertilizers and also good for bombs.
0: Good to know, I guess.
1: (laughs) But DE302 is absolutely nothing.
0: (laughs) He's like, old man, you fail your chemistry test. (laughs) (laughs) Zero out of ten. See me after class.
1: Uh huh. But they start, you know, they both start looking around the room for the DE302
0: jar. No dying until after detention. Sorry, I wasn't done with my joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Barbara finds it, finds the jar, like, still on the desk. It hasn't been broken yet. And it seems to be about half full of, like, dried beans, it looks like. Yum. So she dumps the beans out. And sure enough, buried in the dried beans in the jar is the key. The vines are still, like, trashing the place.
0: Yeah, I was hoping there could be something in the container that would help them against the vines.
1: Nope. Nothing like that. Just the key. Alrighty. Ian's like, all right, we've got it. Let's turn our travel dials and GTFO. Cool. So they do that and end up somewhere cold. In fact, it's, like, so cold that Barbara is basically immediately freezing to death.
0: Hashtag jealous.
1: (laughs) Seriously, here in our 102 degree California weather. Yeah,
0: what's that meme? God, I wish that were me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She says...
0: It must be far below zero.
1: I assume she probably means celsius rather than fahrenheit mm-hmm. uh in either case though below zero is pretty fucking cold mm-hmm. ian tries to get her to move but she's just like i can't
0: i can't move and i'm i'm too cold
1: and he says
0: Barbara, you've got to we must move if we don't find shelter we don't stand a chance
1: and as he says this the title next episode The Snows of Terror appears on screen. Oh,
0: man. A great episode title, and B. Very obviously describing The exact situation that they're in Just like the screaming jungle earlier It's like, we're in a jungle, it's screaming Next episode, <laughs> the screaming jungle uh-huh. We're in a place, it's cold and snowy Next episode, the snows of terror
1: <laughs> I guess they're, they're putting in the terror there It could have been like The snows of sadness or
0: The snows of being cold
1: The snows of freezing to death
0: (laughs) adding of terror is always a plus
1: yeah i think you could you could probably add of terror to just about any doctor who episode title nice the screaming jungle of terror
0: nice you would only improve it
1: the sea of death of terror
0: (laughs) hold on a second
1: (laughs) assassin at peking of terror
0: oh okay that one's cool
1: or it could even be like assassin of terror at peking i don't know Hmm. Mighty Kublai Khan of Terror. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you have options. Um, yeah, that was a that's a good episode. I I love the D and D module slash escape room vibe of the whole thing. Um, yeah, this was
1: definitely a good yeah kind of Indiana Jones escape room type adventure module that the GM has prepared for him.
0: I, uh, I, I did kind of a shame
1: that only half the players got to play the, the <laughs> escape room
0: uh, well, if My experience with escape rooms is to be relied upon that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Come on guys, isn't this going to be fun? And then nobody wants to do it um, But I, I did think of a, a test to establish once and for all whether this is a D&D module or an escape room and that is, did Ian keep the pickaxe and the machete after he used <laughs> them one time, or did he discard them immediately after using them?
1: I'm pretty sure he discarded them immediately after using them. I think him. that would make an escape room. Just his inventory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we know.
1: Either that, or he just he did write them down on a sheet and just immediately forgot about them. <laughs>
0: I wish was also. yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, cool. Um so before we move on to the next episode, I guess I could ask you this then, too, but I'm gonna ask it now. What's it like watching an episode of Doctor Who without Doctor Who being in it?
1: Uh, it's interesting. yeah the, I think this episode was fun and engaging enough that, like, I almost didn't even notice his absence, to be honest.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: I I will say that as soon as the credits started rolling, literally the very first credit said, Doctor Who, William Hartnell. And <laughs> that caused me to laugh out loud, because he did not appear in the episode at I all
0: whatsoever. it's be first build.
1: And, like, they don't have just, like, stock end credits. Like, the end credits change every episode. Like, they credit the specific, like, you know, characters who show up for that episode. Mm-hmm. You know, like, argitan got the credit, you know, in his episode or whatever. So, yeah, they, they could have dropped William Hartnell from the credits, but they chose, they were probably, you know, contractually prevented from doing so.
0: I wonder if there was, there must have been someone in the 60s who was like I think I'll check out that BBC show that people have been talking about I think I'll watch this Doctor Who and sat down and watched just this episode and was very confused
1: <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's true well find out in two weeks whether William Hartnell was still on vacation in <laughs> the snows of terror
0: indeed we'll see you then listeners
1: bye bye Hi, Kyle here. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit23 for the awesome theme song he created for us. You can find his music, including our theme, at soundcloud.com/slash circuit23, and you can reach him at circuit.23, that's circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thanks to Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who, and thanks to all of you for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at Dr. Watcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. Join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. treat us like dresden china
0: i think it's nice the way he looks after us all the time yes i know but just once in a while you rebel yes